the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are looking at the parable of the rich fool as we continue our series, Parables from the Book of Luke. Join us here in Luke chapter 12 next on Truth For Today. And again, welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We return to Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21, as we look again at this parable of the rich fool. Oh, may it stir our hearts to pray more fervently for those who would choose temporary things, choose to gain the whole world and lose their soul. May that be heart-wrenching for us as lovers of Jesus. With more, here's Pastor Phil in today's broadcast of Truth For Today. What was wrong with this man? Let's look at the psychology of it. Notice this. This little verse right here. Uh, The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. Uh, Where in this story did this man ever thank God for the rain germination, keeping the pestilence away, keeping the, you know, they had no insecticides. They had no irrigation system. Uh, Israel often would have drought. They didn't have any taps. You just turn on the water in the California aqueduct system. I mean, it was all dependent on the sovereign choice of God to give rain, on the sovereignty of God to keep locusts away, to keep a bow weevil that took southern the Mississippi, Georgia, that just destroyed cotton in this country. Bow weevil plague. Locusts coming through land, wipe it out. What the ground prospered. And the man reaped the benefit of the blessing of God, having not been able to make that ground or the heavens do anything. He said, someone else had brought his prosperity, God. And in the midst of it, he never mentions God's name one time. For the greedy man has no God but himself. He's consumed with himself. And uh, this was no doubt a Jewish man. And uh, you don't hear about him going to synagogue. You don't hear about him saying, I want to give a thank offering to God. I'll give him the first fruit of the crops. Ah, I'm sure he didn't give God the first fruit. No, he didn't tithe because the barns are overflowing. And his prosperity came not by placing money in the stock exchange and who just hit a lucky, oh, man, that were No, the very ground gave him his wealth. And who controls the soil, the weather, the locusts, the pestilence, all of the storm? God does. But was God acknowledged? No, no. This is what I did. And then this 
greedy man, I want you to look. You, you want to break out. In the Greek text, it's 11 times. In the English text, it's only eight times. Look at these personal pronouns. Uh, he thought to himself, what shall I do? One, I have no place to store my crops. This is what I'll do. Third, I will tear down my barns. I will store my grain, my goods. I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Uh, he was all about himself. It was said of a young lady named Edith that Edith lived in a little world bounded on the north, south, east, and west by Edith. And this man was bound totally with himself. He, you don't have a mention of a neighbor. You don't have a mention of, oh, I've got this wealth. Maybe uh, I can send a love offering to my poor mother. Uh, maybe I could help, because in Palestine there was so much begging going on because they were under the Roman rule, very uh, taxed over, uh, overly, and poverty was everywhere. You don't hear anything here, but I, my, I, my, I, my, I, my. The greedy man has no room for God nor others. He only has room for the one God he loves the most, himself. And so he, uh, uh, he never saw beyond himself. He never saw God. He never saw beyond his world. So that uh, he, the fool in him, he is just acting it out, uh, and it's destroying him. Uh, the greedy man does not acknowledge God. He only thinks of himself. And I think this is one of the things that's tricky. He mistook his possessions for longevity of life. Surely, if I've accumulated all of this, I, I'm going to live a long time to enjoy it. And his only three goals with the goods was this, selfishness, materialism, and hedonism. I will eat and drink. I'm going to party myself until it's gone. Materialism. I want more, more. All I'm about is more. And self-centered, oh yes. He didn't even mention his wife. <laughs> Doesn't mention children. He could have eliminated one whole barn if he'd had children. <laughs> he'd had somewhere to take it. Uh, but you know what? Uh, you think you have many things stored up for many years. Money cannot buy you time. Money cannot buy you health. Money cannot buy you salvation. Money cannot buy you this present moment. This is a gift from God, just to be alive. I think of Vicki. I first met Vicki when she was maybe ninth grade, just a young woman. And uh, now she has crossed over. Well, what's the peril of the greedy man. The peril is he has focused all of his life on that which can cease in a moment. This night, I mean, it's just like a divine interruption. 
By the way, would your death be a divine intrusion or a divine welcome? For the greedy man, it will be an intrusion because you know you're living just a man, I can't wait to wear out that brand new boat on the lake. I can't wait to take this new toy for a ride. I can't wait. Well, tonight you may die. Anybody here sure you'll be alive at 1 a.m. tomorrow morning? Only a fool would say he would be. Because God may just have a tsunami he wants to sweep through here. He may just have a Katrina that wants to sweep through. They went to, you know, where the tsunami hit. They went there to party. That's where all the Brits went. That's where Europe went to get all that warm weather. We're on the beach. It's like being on the beach of Waikiki over here. I'm just everything. I, I'm just spending it. We made it. We had a great year. Stocks are good. We thought we just, we deserve a vacation for five months here. And we're just going to enjoy it. Well, help yourself. But you aren't in charge of what wave comes up. You're not in charge of whether God permits a murderer to kill you and your wife. I mean, if I watch the news, I watched a little news last night. I, I stopped taking a paper. I can't stand it. And every time I watch the evening news, 2 o'clock news, either someone's being killed in Oakland or Richmond. All the time. And they're young men. They're talking about a whole wave of robberies taking place in Oakland, and the robbers are now boys and girls between the ages of 12 to 15. But they kill people as they rob their house. And they may pick up a little jewelry, a little money, and just got $150, but doing life. And your wife's killed for a 14-year-old boy that said, I want to pick up an extra $100. Is greed strong? Is life uncertain? It truly is. And when we live as though this life is all there is, and when we live with God not being in our ways, in our affairs, we live dangerously. His priorities for life, he had time only for barns and no time for God. You were rich towards everything but God. Let me tell you some things if you want to be rich, God has said. He said, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? James 2.5. He said to the rich uh, at Ephesus, be rich in good deeds. Be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Uh, the opposite is to end your life with wood, hay, and stubble, with a large bank account. Just think at the rapture of the church. If we all go, we'll all leave all of our money behind. Does that bother you? It doesn't if you've got more over there than you've got in your account. Treasures there have I, treasures that this world nor its money can buy. Treasures have I there on the other side. If, you know what? I could wear you out telling you what I got on the other side. Ooh, I got a mother there. I've got my grandmothers there. Grandmother me, Grandma Howard. 
I've got aunts, uncles, uh, my lands. I've got out 150 saints I've buried in this church. They're over there. They're over there. Uh, everything down to here is monopoly, time, taxes, AIDS, disease. Hey, it's more, this life is about more than money and building barns. You bury a lot of people. You go through a lot of pain, divorce, death, disease, pain. Over there, it's not permitted in that city. You can't die in this city. No dying up here. No, no, you better get all your crying done because there the lamb is the light. You don't even have a PG&E bill in this city. Christ is the light of that city. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. Goodbye, world. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, I am just a wayward pilgrim in this world. I'm a wayfarer. I'm a stranger and a pilgrim. And every once in a while, I get so homesick for heaven. I said, do I have to stay here, Lord? I want to go there. I want to go there. Everything I really count on is there. I want my grandchildren to follow me. But if they don't, I'm going. If my family don't, we're going. Everything is worth this journey. That's where if we really believed in heaven like we say we do, we'd kind of be anxious to die. I mean, are you looking forward to get to be 90 years old? Man, alive. Don't even know what room you might be in. You can't walk. Arthritis. I'm not looking forward to old age. I'm trying to work it out with God just to finish the sermon and zip. That's what I like to do. I mean, I just want to, I don't want to go by way of the cemetery. I love what my old daddy said. He said, you know, I've always thought I was going to go airmail, but I might have to go subway. <laughs> and he did. Because when he's in that hospital, that's what he told me. He said, I, I've always thought God would take me airmail. But if I must go by way of the subway route, I will. Then he told me, he says, but don't be alarmed, son. When Jesus went through the cemetery, he installed lights. For he is the light in the shadows. So the believer doesn't just have darkness there. There's light in those shadows. Because the shepherd can light up the cemetery. Do you know what I'm saying? I said the shepherd, the creator, can make light wherever he goes. In him is no darkness. Where he goes, light comes. Even in the realm of the dead. Well, let's not get too happy. We're in church. It's supposed to keep you guilty. What a terrible Christianity. If I stayed guilty all the time, I'd want to change my religion. You know, I ask you this. This message, I wish this place was filled with unbelievers. They're the ones that really need to hear this. Because they're counting on all this other stuff. I can't, don't need God today. What they're doing, they're living on the Titanic... And it's been announced, the holes in the ship, and they say, could we have one more dance? And so they're dancing away the last moments on a sinking ship. i tell you an amazing story. A U- European wrestler came to the United States. His name was Yusuf the Turk. And he came to America to fight Strangler Lewis. Now, would you not want to meet Strangler? Uh, for the world championship, and you know this has been a few years back, and $5,000. That was the winning prize. 
Yusuf won the prize, but he insisted that the $5,000 be paid to him in gold. He didn't want, you know, paper. And when he got the gold payment, he stuffed the money into his championship belt, and he would not ever take the belt off. Got himself a ship back across the Atlantic to Europe, and on the way across, the ship uh, foundered. Uh, everybody had to evacuate, and Yusuf, in his panic, uh, mistakenly he dove for the. He really supposed to get into the lifeboat. He missed the lifeboat, and five thousand uh, dollars worth of gold took him to the bottom of the sea. What he had counted on as a prize became the weight that destroyed him. And uh, I would say this. I don't know where we will go as a church. I don't know where I will go, but I have been so, uh, I am so disturbed in my spirit trying to find a way that we could reach the poor. Uh, Just reading the life of Moody. Moody went into a place in Chicago in 1855 called, uh, it was uh, kind of like Hell's Hole. They called it the Sands, but the other name was uh, uh, just where hellions lived. Uh, mainly kids that had been abandoned. Prostitution was taking over Chicago in the 1800s. And uh, you didn't go in there at night because you'd be killed. Finally, 12 boys became his bodyguard. And they were just immigrant uh, ruffians and rowdies. And he started a Sunday school down there. And uh, he was a successful businessman. And uh, he went down there, would feed these kids, would reach them. Nobody wanted him. And they named Moody Crazy Moody. Crazy Moody. Because he went into the hellhole of Chicago with meals, music. He would hire the teachers. And the kids would be screaming, going on. It was rowdy. And so he inserted a lot of music because they could only be taught about five-minute segments. And then they'd have to sing because he couldn't hold the attention. Well, he did this. And after a while, an abandoned saloon he was able to rent. He stayed there. In a matter of two years, every Sunday morning... In Hell's Hole, Chicago, a thousand children showed up for Mr. Moody. He never let you call him a pastor. He never was ordained. He said, call me Mr. Moody. Do not call me a reverend. I'm just Mr. Moody. But somebody has got to love the brats of Chicago that nobody wants. And I am trying in my own mind, I'm telling the elders and I'm reading material... My goal is not to pastor a bunch of saved people the rest of our lives, and the goal of this church is to be comfortable. I'm trying to find out where we can channel money, bodies, and resources to reach the unlovely, the unlikely, and the unworthy, and see if we can bring good news. I don't want to live just to accumulate money. It's the most empty, vain existence I can imagine. I would like to get some boys and girls to go to heaven. I'd like to see some troubled girls and druggies 
find out there's a Savior when you're at the bottom. And I'm hoping that God will put a spirit in this church because we're fighting materialism more than you know. Most of us are in the grip of it. You don't even know it. And we've got to find ways. We've got to find ways to flee greed and to meet needs. And I don't know what that's going to lead me. I'd start another church if there was a place that nobody wanted. Didn't think the gospel could reach. Because I get bored just with folks telling me about what they're worth. I get bored with folks that's got everything and can't find any needs. And I get bored with me if I think this is the epitome of my ministry. Oh, no, no. Dance hall looks good to me. I'll start wherever. Because I'm not staying just to see if I can get old and accumulate money. I got to, and you know what? What bothers me every time this church gives me a raise? I got to figure out how to give it back to God. Because I came up on nothing. I've learned to live on nothing. And then you give me a raise. You don't know it, but the elders every once in a while, they get under conviction, give me a raise. Don't ask how much, none of your business. And don't ask me to take you to dinner. I'm not under that burden right now. But you know what I never knew? I always needed money so bad to survive. I never knew that if you get old enough and ugly enough, you might have more than you need. And then when you've got more than you need, God holds you responsible. Now that you have more than you need, will you make it your business to channel that money where there are needs? Because greed will destroy you, Phil Howard. The hoarding spirit, the stingy spirit, the all-for-me spirit will destroy me as a preacher and a Christian. And it will destroy you. For every man that has survived adversity, very few have ever survived prosperity. And we are drowning in prosperity. We don't know what to do with it. So we buy stupid things. We're shopping all the time. Saw a documentary last night called a flu, uh, let's say, uh, a fluency enza, like flu, but uh, it was affluence. Put an enza on it in America that this is very common. Have you ever heard this? Man, my wife is a shopaholic. We don't need anything, but she's got to shop at least three hours a week. What is that? Greed. Why don't you give three hours a week to the rescue mission? Oh, well, we got some money. Uh, we got a, one guy told me I belong to three country clubs and still golf 120. Boy, you're really wasting your money. You, can, you, you can't, you, you're not fit for one country club. You're supposed to have a handicap that's decent. Well, it, it's, it's connections, it's influence, it's greed. It's greed. That's why when folks have raised up to help Bangladesh and missions, that's why missions is so wonderful for our spirit. And it, Katrina, giving to these precious people. Let me tell you, giving is seeing a human being at their finest hour. Greed is the worst of our nature. Beware, don't be a fool. You may die tonight, and then God will say, what were you pursuing, barns or eternity? 
You would think you'd want to get to know the God you're going to inevitably meet, but he had no time for that. Don't let any of us be caught off guard when death calls us and saying, I was in pursuit of everything but God, for everything else will abandon you in the moment of your death. The only one that will be there are those who know the shepherd. And he's the greatest death policy you'll ever have. I know Christ. And to know him is eternal life. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to his knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 